Hello and welcome to Get Object. This is a podcast about things in games. I'm Rosie. I am joined as always by my co-host Paul. Hello. And today we are talking about towns. So we will be doing some urban planning in just a second. But first, some chat. Paul, normally at this stage, I would ask how you are and what you've been playing. I am to understand you have not had a lot of time to play video games over the last couple of weeks. No. Uh, I mean, I've got some... As to how I am, operating on very little sleep here, listeners. So if I start talking about um, the Skyrims again, then like, give me a break. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think... Did, didn't they uh, officially announce the new Skyrim the other day? Did they? What? Did they? Uh, Elder Scrolls Six, uh, obviously. Um, not, 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 yeah, no. Or Skyrim was... Six, as it's otherwise known. I think so. I'm, oh, I'm, my goodness. I, I haven't been know. using... Maybe I've been trying had to... a weird daydream. <laughs> I, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I, I actually haven't checked any game news for absolutely ages, so I have no idea. Um, that's really exciting. I want to sit and Google that right now, but I won't. I'll, um, I'll Just to clarify, it, it's, like a lo- it's like a logo, so it's not... Like... Yeah, but if if it's got the name, then that... No, it's just has... Elder Scrolls 6. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's... that's or 5, that's... whatever it is now. Um, the, it, it will be... Skyrim was 5, I think. Oblivion okay. was 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so we'll be on we'll be on 6. Yeah, um... So I don't think there's anything. Just... Mm. Yeah. Okay, well... But anyway... Not uh, so interesting. Yeah, okay. I, I, since we've last spoken... I think I had a very short go on Heaven's Vault again, so mm-hmm. I have nothing to add to that because it was just like a quick go. And yeah, just yeah, do all, spending my time doing a podcast for you listeners—that's what it is. But um, <laughs> I mean, the only thing I did play had played some of the game which I didn't mention last time. Uh, so I played Tonight We Riot, mm-hmm. which is like a. Um, yeah, a, a riot simulator, I guess. Quite um, cool. Uh, relevant at the moment, I guess. Absolutely. But yeah. It's it's um, so it's kind of explicitly like an anti-capitalist game, and that it's it's like cartoony and fun, but like yeah. like the bad guys are capitalists, and you nice. are socialists, and you need to bring it down, and like the 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 kind of twist of it, it is so it's like a side-scrolling like beat them up but you control a crowd as opposed to controlling a person like individually mm. although you, you do like control an individual but the crowd kind of comes with you and like when you start throwing bricks they all start throwing bricks if you die then you just become another member of the crowd that um, sounds really interesting that sounds really cool yeah i, I like I, I like the i i like the way that it's kind of tied the idea of the politics of like mm. the idea of it being like a collective effort of resistance like into the way that the game plays but um i mean it's pretty average to be honest um like there's not like a great deal to it but there was a bit near the end where i was really struggling and then i just decided to see if i could just run past everything Mm -hmm. and i just ran to the end of the level and just like so it was kind of like yeah, it's, it's like I liked. I wanted to like it more than I did, just because. Um, yeah, I like the politics of it, and it, it was okay. Sometimes, but it's just yeah, it's all right, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that that's that's all I I can offer this time. Perhaps you've perhaps you've I don't know. Maybe you've been playing more stuff than me. I have not been playing a great range of stuff, but I will tell you, I got incredibly stuck into um, Metro Exodus over the last really only the last few days but um it has been enormous fun that's a game by 
you knew the name of the developer. I'd forgotten it. 4A what is it? Games. 4A Games. Honestly, I've never played any of the Metro series before. Um, my boyfriend Dave got really into one of them, I remember. Mm. Um, so this is my first time with the series. I am enjoying it so, so, so much. Um, it's, a, it's a post-apocalyptic adventure. Um, it's uh, set in um, Russia. I think it's it's after a series of novels, which are Russian. Mm-hmm. And I believe 4A Games, they're a Russian developer as well. Is that correct? Uh, I think they might be like Ukrainian oh, really? or something. Right, right, I'm not right. 100% sure. Uh, well, I'll double check that because I'm pretty sure I'll still be talking about it next time we record, to be honest, because I'm, I'm, I'm really having the time of my life. Um, I... Uh, yeah, so you're going around, um, you've got various missions to do. It's kind of almost like um, a toss-up between an open-world game and an FPS. It's not exactly open-world, but very big open-level areas that you then progress through. Um, yeah, just um, what I really like about it, I think, is a, is a sort of post-apocalyptic game, of which, of course, there's there's quite a lot in video games, um, is the mood of it. Just the... Um, the atmosphere is so absolutely nailed on for what I want out of that genre. The thing with the Fallout games, I often find, or I'm, I'm talking about Bethesda's Fallout games, really, is it, people in that world have a kind of cheery sort of can-do optimism about mm. them. And yeah. I, I think, yeah, I mean, that's being deployed for ironic effect. I get that we're not supposed to take that completely at uh, you know, face value, mm. but it's still, I don't find it nearly as satisfying as the kind of pervading atmosphere of um, Metro Exodus, which is that you are there with a with a group of friends. You're trying to achieve some goals. You're probably absolutely fucked. Everything's, you know, dying. The world is like pretty much beyond hope. But, you know, you've got to what else are you going to do but keep putting one foot in front of the other? You know, and um, and there's a real sort of the way in which it handles kind of that sort of bittersweet kind of bleak. Uh, moments of joy in 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 the wasteland is nailed on it's so good i'm really really and the gameplay is great i feel like batman when i'm taking on camps of slaves uh slavers and like you know taking people down just huge amount of fun i okay. really really like metro exodus I'm, I'm enjoying the absolute hell out of it yeah i played a bit of that because um, mm-hmm. it's just because it was on games pass but like there was a few other things that i wanted to play at times so i didn't really get much into it but so yeah, may, I don't know, maybe I should go back to it at some point. But I mean, it, it felt like it was kind of a bit hopeful to me, even like the bit I played. Like, right. Like, I know like it's bleak, oh, well, but there was this whole thing of like, we've had this world, like our perception of what the world is completely closed mm. off from us. And now we can see that maybe like the world is something different to what we thought. And like, yeah, maybe we can, yeah, get I think somewhere it- it does quite well at centering that because the um, the overriding sense I think is is quite bleak. But the the central mm. character is like a dreamer, and he has a little bit more about him. He's he kind of thinks there might be something over the horizon, mm. um, and it's that kind of that kind of hope that is sort of driving him. Um, and uh, but yeah, it has quite a long um, introy bit. I would say I would say like if if you do have a go, try and get past the first couple of hours, and then it kind of opens up quite a bit. Mm. Um, but yeah. Huge, huge amounts of fun. Honestly, I cannot say how much I'm enjoying taking on bandit camps and stuff like that. Like, I really am uh, having the time of my life. It is a good game. Cool. Sounds yep. good. Yep. So, a um, bit of feedback. Mm. Uh, if you want to send us feedback, um, tweet us 
on getobjectpod on Twitter. Email us on getobjectpod at gmail.com. Uh, we had... So I, I, I actually meant to read this out last time, but uh, I forgot. So Slasher Epoch had um, a correction for us, first of all. So uh, they said, in the Far Cry 2 scenario I described, I meant that inevitably the player in real life shouts, not now during a firefight, the protagonist is silent. So I said that there was a phone in Far Cry 2 and Mm -hmm. the the character would shout, not now, when it started ringing. But um, yeah, they meant you would shout that like inevitably. Like it's kind of that GTA annoying um, phone call thing. (laughs) So yeah. Um, Slash Epoch also had a suggestion. We are kind of um, our uh, debates of like how we should do guns. Oh, uh, yes. The eternal said, question. Yeah. yeah. They said perhaps the best way to break down guns is to have a two-part episode about small arms in general uh, from 1200 to the day after tomorrow. Then a separate episode about heavy weapons slash vehicular guns. And another about futuristic small arms, non-chemically propelled, non, non-muscle non propelled, like bows, crossbows. For example, in this case, the super shotgun from Doom 2 would be a contemporary small arm as the method for its operation exists, while the plasma rifle would be futuristic and the rocket launch would be a heavy weapon. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a way. <laughs> I don't know. I actually like, like that. I think that makes loads of sense to me and also like okay. situate, yeah, and situates it quite nicely within a kind of um, timeline and a progression. So it helps to organize thoughts in, in various ways. I think that's very nice. I like that. I think uh, we should we should think about that one quite seriously. Okay, um, we'll yep. give that one some thought then. So yeah, thanks for that. But if um, anyone else has any other ideas about how to structure guns, because yeah, we, we are, we me and Paul have really really been wondering pondering this one i think since we first thought we would start this podcast so uh Mm. so yeah we are very open to ideas on it Mm. um we have a second piece of feedback um this is from lovely james wheeler hello james um and james suggests uh cortana the holographic ai from the halo series is named after a legendary sword weighing in on swords here of course uh it's named after a legendary sword from french epic poetry if cyborg super soldier master chief is a weapon she's definitely his justification slash thought her main role is to dispense mission objectives and exposition in halo law any ai that's been conscious for more than seven years starts to experience rampancy which is basically going a bit soul edge i don't know i don't know what that means so that's remember we were talking about the the soul edge the sword that is like all corrupted and like messes up the person yeah right 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 okay and that's and so it's called rampancy within the halo you know i like that a lot just as a word rampancy that's that's hugely enjoyable um yeah what a fantastic example there we go so cortana as the uh, as the justification as the thought driving the muscle that is master chief yeah Um, nice Whose name I can never say without laughing. Sorry, I just enjoy the fact that <laughs> I enjoy the fact that there's a character in video games called Master Chief so much. It's one of my favorite. Yeah, that's a weird one. So, uh, also finally from um, Andreas Klesti said, uh, I recommend. The, so, talking about um, today's episode, I, um, uh, I recommend the city from Perennial Stealth Favorite Thief for the next episode. Also, topically, in the old Thief games, you're equipped with a longsword, which is largely useless for your purposes without a lot of practice. 
Um, more importantly, Andreas also shared a video of Tim Curry from <laughs> the Command and Conquer <laughs> games talking about space communism. So that's on the, the Twitter feed. Uh, that's fantastic. Tim Curry that. should, yeah, he just really should be in all video games. If Tim Curry and Brad Dourif could be in all video games. Um, Who's Brad Dourif? He's in um he's in Dishonored. He's also in Deadwood. He's in like you'd recognise him if you see him. He's in a bunch of films. Okay. Looks a little bit like a goblin, very good actor. Um, oh, that's why you like him. Maybe that's why I like goblin. him, yeah. He's one of one of my kinfolk. Um <laughs> but uh he's in Dishonored, he plays Pietro in the first Dishonored game. Um he's in one of the Mist games. I'm a real connoisseur of uh, Brad Dourif in films uh, and video games. But anyway, yeah, Tim Curry as well. Thank you very much for that, Andreas. Nice. So I guess that brings us on to today's subject, yes. which of course is towns. It is towns, yes. Um, how do you feel about towns, Paul? Do you like towns? I mean, we need need a place to live, don't we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> towns are good, yeah. Depends on the town, I guess, as well. I think it does, yeah. Do you have a favourite? Favourite town? Favourite town. Um, I like hamburg oh okay i don't know if you've been to hamburg never been to never even been to germany whereabouts is hamburg in germany uh right at the top north right so it's like a harbor towns mm. very nice buildings uh yeah got cool vibe about it right yeah hamburg's like the kind of media center for germany you know mm-hmm. it's not mm. like uh yeah, Germany's not the same as England where like everything's just in London. Um, so like, yeah. yeah, Hamburg's like the, the kind of media place. But yeah, it's a nice um, city. I like it. Uh, what about you? Uh, I'm biased. I like Brighton, um, which is where I where I live. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, that's a um, town on the south coast of England. It's a, it's a resort town. It was largely built up around tourism um lots of lots of arts lots of uh theater and art stuff going on um yeah liberal left-leaning politics and um for 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 England if you have to live in England it's it's an it's a nice place to live it's kind of place where people move on purpose um I, I do like it a lot and then um my other sort of recommendation would be Edinburgh I think is is the most beautiful uh city uh uh in in the british isles in my opinion yeah uh, very 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 nice yeah i've never been there but it does uh everybody that goes there so it's very very beautiful it's outrageous um, yeah i've got lots of family who live in edinburgh and it is uh yeah it's just the nicest place and brighton is cool as well brighton is I very like cool brighton. yes yes i like living in brighton it's weird because i don't really because we've been in lockdown for so long now in the uk i just barely feel like i live in brighton anymore it's yeah. like i just I, I haven't been into the center of brighton for like months at this stage so yeah. i keep forgetting that it's still there but yeah um yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens to our resort town once everything comes back we'll see yeah we'll see so um i guess moving to to towns in games yes um so i was thinking you know obviously there's a lot of games with a lot of towns in them um mm-hmm. that's because uh yeah towns because games have people in them and people live in communities uh in towns or cities or villages um now i, I think they're quite important part of games because games are a medium that allow us to inhabit a space 
and a town is obviously a space that you can have it and that you can explore. Um, I think they're also interesting because they let us see a society in motion. So towns and cities are dynamic places. Um, they can tell us a lot of things uh, if they're done well in games. So a neglected district contrasting with a wealthy district can tell you something about social inequality. Absolutely. You can see who is valued. You can see who has power. If in an RPG, even if you buy, a, if you have to pay for a bed in a hotel in one town versus another and the price is different, that tells you something already about about those places. Uh, the architecture of a city can tell you about its history. The, the, the kind of borders and boundaries in a town can tell you about, again, like about power and things like that. So where are you allowed to go? Who stops you when you try and go somewhere? Who cracks down on you if you do something wrong? Who are you allowed to harm without being punished? All these, this sort of stuff can take place in a city, in a game, and you and can tell you so, so much from that. Um, and, and also, I guess, that's interesting because that is allowing games to do something that they can do uniquely, which is using their rules and their interactions to communicate with us, which is what they're doing in these cases. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, the the best thing that that games have to offer really is is being able to walk around and get a, get a lay of the scene that way. Um, yes, no, absolutely. That's um, the stuff that I was like really drawn to thinking about this week was how all of those things kind of come together to create that sense of almost like a singular character or personality in a town um, that you get in so much fiction that you get in games you know that there's something overriding and cohesive going on um, a really nice example I thought was um, Gotham in Batman as you know uh, as a sort of fictional property um, I yeah. like the difference between the I like to point to the difference between the Tim Burton Batman movies and the more recent Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Um, there's a huge difference in the way that Gotham is uh, presented in those films. In Tim Burton, it's like incredibly stylized um, yeah. and and almost like cartoonish. Um, it's it's shot and interesting that the lighting is always like very dramatic. Gargoyles fucking everywhere um mm. like it's uh, the the christopher nolan films go for a much more realistic like gotham is much more like a, a modern yeah metropolitan city but the what that does slightly that move away from the very stylized um gotham does mean that when inevitably the point happens in the in the particular batman story where someone runs into the room and says gotham's going crazy it's a bit more difficult to imagine that happening in this very kind of flat, cool, modern city than mm. it is in mad gargoyle land. Yeah. <laughs> like, because it really feels like a place with its own kind of soul, its own unique personality that could conceivably, en masse, just go crazy. Um, so, yeah, so I was thinking about, for my, my notes this week, how in, in games places where that seems to succeed really well, how that happens, how you generate that place of, that sense of character, that sense of personality. And um, the first thought I, I thought was, was you could look at places where it fails. <laughs> um, so to get like, uh, for some like early examples, um, I thought of, I was thinking about the poem, I don't know if you know the poem Slough. <laughs> 
by John Betjeman. It's very mean. Uh, that rings a bell, actually. I mean, I know f- fuck all about poetry, but that um, rings a bell as being a poem that exists. Yeah, there's a poem by uh, John Betjeman. It's called Slough. It's about Slough, which is a town in the south of England. I'm not exactly sure where. Um, I think it's like not a million miles away from me now, probably. Yeah, I, I yeah, some nebulous non-place between like London and I, I don't know. <laughs> it's but it's that non-place idea, isn't it? Um, that that I think is communicated in the in the poem. The poem is really mean. It's like come friendly bombs and fall on slough. It isn't fit for humans now. And it's like it's really it's a very bitchy addition to the English English poetry canon. But um, it's a. Uh, it's that sense of a place that is a non-place. That's what the, the poem sort of gets into, um, that it's almost like a failure as a town because it has no character um, mm. and it's just sort of blank and commercial. Um, and some examples of that I had were New Donk City in Super Mario Odyssey. Mm. Uh, I feel incredibly conflicted about New Donk City. It's a really strange environment to walk around. Um, everyone's wearing business suits the entire time. But nobody and and the only buildings are like office buildings, but nobody like seems to be working. They're all just sort of out playing like literally playing like jump rope and stuff, wearing their business suits and like okay. weird games. In, in the, it's really strange. I, I don't know quite how to explain how I feel where I feel the problem is with New Donk City but it just feels like <laughs> everyone there is far too into like wearing their business suits and, and yeah. going to work. Um, basically, I'm very suspicious of it. Um, and another example is Val Royale in Dragon Age Inquisition, which I do feel a bit bad about because I know that I've previously used Dragon Age Inquisition as an example of things done badly. I think when we were yeah. talking about at length, when we were talking about clothes. Yeah. So I don't mean to pick on them too much because, as I say, this is a game that I've played an awful lot of. But yeah, it has this kind of emptiness about it. It feels like you're walking around a film set. There's no kind of... And not a film set when the film is being made like a film set after they finish shooting and there's just nothing going on for the rest of the day and it's just kind of empty and mm. like even when you like walk into a shop it's just like an empty room with no like decoration or goods out or anything just like some some person standing in a corner and you just click and a sort of list of items that you can buy comes up and mm. it's it feels like it has no life and no interiority to it um so it's it's lacking that kind of that kind of soul um so yeah so those were examples of some failures i thought of character in towns well that's a that's a nice place to bring in a a suggestion that we had Mm. um so thanks again to the people in the no cartridge and rain touch discords who always very kindly give me more examples than I can use so I feel bad cutting them out but wonderful um yeah so BFWFB said uh I have an anti-suggestion I think about a lot as in uh, because I was asking for good towns um Meridian in Horizon Zero (gasps) Dawn stands out to me as a beautiful waste of space one of the most underutilized city spaces in a game I think Thought about it a lot after hitting Novigrad in Witcher 3, which felt like a living, breathing place fictional people live in. So that, that, that seems to spark a bit of recognition for you there. A fantastic example. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Yeah, really, really similar to the problem with Valroyo. You, 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 you kind of, I think you've, you've been trying to get to Meridian for quite a while by the time you get there. Like it's been the subject of a few quests and it is 
it is beautiful and it's like really impressive it's like out in the out in the desert or something and it's like it's quite an engineering marvel the way it's constructed i seem to remember it's on several tiers and stuff so there's like there's cool things about it but yeah you just run around just completely empty feeling environment nothing to do again no interiority no places to go inside of it feels like a set um yeah a real shame fantastic example exactly the same issue mm. So I guess one of the one of the things that we we inevitably need to to touch on is um, video game towns that replicate real places. Um, mm. I feel like I'm inclined to be like I would be naturally inclined to say that I'm more interested in games that make up their own fictional places. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, I think there are, yeah are some there are some good things you can do with with with. Uh, like replicating real places. Um, the Assassin's Creed games are an obvious example. And uh, regardless of how much you like them or not, they do do a very good job of like replicating uh, real places. And if you're into history and stuff, and, um, you know, they... For, for, I, I've known some people who really like almost using them as like a virtual tour and like reading right. all the, you know reading all the bits of history about every all the old buildings and, and all that stuff um so yeah and, and you, you've played quite a few of them right so i presume you are exactly the same it. yeah exactly the same thing i find that like just incredibly like a great way i was gonna sound like such an asshole make history come alive but you know it <laughs> is that kind of it is like you can't do that in any other medium it is like a really fantastic thing that you can do in games yeah so there are a few towns that have gone to a great level of detail in terms of replicating real places so persona 5 um which is set in tokyo features like a lot of um real you know famous places like shibuya and stuff like this but Mm -hmm. um there's also like some smaller residential areas where they kind of replicated streets and like like almost exactly like you can go and look at pictures on the internet and see uh unfortunately this has led to quite a lot of uh insensitive tourists coming to like quite small residential areas and like bothering people and stuff so that's a show but um still if you go and have a look it's really really quite impressive um jay from nowhere also provided an example of this uh they said uh Kamarucho from the Yakuza series is an incredibly detailed recreation of a Tokyo nightlife district down to the brand name whiskey at the bars and convenience stores. I was actually able to orient myself in the in the real life Kubikicho based on the location of the Don Quixote that I remembered from Yakuza 0. Oh, so cool. yeah, they've gone to, to, to that level. My favourite of these examples is uh, Shenmue, mm-hmm. um, which is set in Yokosuka which is a real town. Right. Uh, it's a town... Have you played Shenmue? I have, yeah, years and years ago. Like, okay. way back okay. in the early noughties. Quite, uh, quite an, uh, it's a town I quite like. I feel you don't see in games a lot. Like, kind of a shabby, mid-sized town. Like, not right. a big fancy city. Yeah, not yeah. like a tiny village. Like, a kind of, yeah, like, middle of the range. Like, kind of ordinary yeah a bit shabby place right, right, it's, right. it's quite an interesting one but again the, the the they've replicated like streets layouts exactly the this this the shop 
signs they've done the the font the color like it's exactly right. the same you can go and see pictures of you can look at a, a street in the game and you can go and see a picture and they've they've made it um exactly as it is um i don't think you need to do this to make a city that feels like a real place but um it's a way to do it obviously Certainly. because uh, <laughs> yeah. and i think it, it definitely in some of these examples I've given, it definitely works. It definitely uh, helps to create that sense. It's uh, I, I think I think it's something that games play pay quite a lot of attention now to anyway. So like Novigrad's already been mentioned. Mm. Like game developers pay attention to urban planning. They think about stuff like Novigrad has Novigrad's a medieval city. It has squares like because that's what they do. I think game developers do their research quite well now and for the most part and, and cities are, are, are generally more or less the design like real places more than they perhaps would have would have done in the past something about Shenmue which I think you can tie into this idea of replicating like a town is that it doesn't just try to replicate the structure or the aesthetics it tries to replicate the like a place in operation mm-hmm. so um Shenmue like had like a, t- a time system and for example there was a bus that would show up at the times on the timetable there would be shops that had opening that would open in the evening if you had to do something in the evening you would have to piss about in Yokosuka like right. walking around like go to the arcade and play some arcade games now I think this has a certain effect um it, I mean it's quite boring. Uh, it's not. I'm not saying it's necessarily a good idea. It turns out that like having to wait for the bus isn't particularly compelling. <laughs> no. Um, so I mean, that's. I think that's one of the reasons. Like Shenmue did a load of stuff that games picked up uh, afterwards in terms of, but like that wasn't one of them. Um, probably for good reason. Mm. Nevertheless, like I remember playing it at the time. The sense that like you can see. So for example, people will get up in the morning and go to work. And if you go into the town at that time, you'll see people walking to their stores, opening them up. So you get a sense that the people in this city are doing their thing independently of you. Like, because right. they actually do. You walk around and you'll see them going home from work at the right time and stuff. Um, and that sense that this is a place in motion that isn't just about you, I think has uh, has a certain appealing effect. Um and maybe there are ways to do it, but yeah, it it works in some in some way. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, it makes me think actually, as you say that, um, a game that I don't think does it in quite the same deep way. But um, I was thinking about Mumbai and Hitman in um in the, in the most recent Hitman game, um, and the ways in which just the rhythms and the flow of the town, um, become something that you can actually sort of slip within as you sort of seek to mm. um carry out your assassination and there's something really sort of satisfying about like the way that the town seems to like fit together as its own kind of um structure you know and everyone is doing their own sort of work within it and then yeah you can kind of um uh, exploit all of that in order to mm. get sort of edge closer and closer to your to your prey um i i've only just i I, it didn't occur to me that the towns in the hitman games actually as i was thinking of this but often they're done very very well yeah that Mm. sounds fun yeah Yeah. i guess the other thing to mention is there's there's quite a lot of video games that have a more 
impressionistic uh, interpretation of real places, which can also be very fun. Like I, the the one I thought of was um, Paris from the Broken Sword series, the various games, which is obviously quite a romanticized, or like kind of stylized idea of what Paris is. Yes, but, uh, they can be. Yes, very it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. A lovely kind of autumnal afternoon feeling in Paris in the Broken Sword games. Is that, I really remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. So yeah, that can be fun. Yeah, I mean, I had um, I had this kind of thought, the idea of the site, uh, the city as a site of very sort of distinctive culture, um, mm-hmm. which I guess kind of comes sort of feeds in from that. Um, the 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 idea as a city of the, as a place where a particular aesthetic can be like most strongly expressed within a game world this this sort of harkens back to stuff you were saying earlier actually but um the ways in which you see this often in rpgs is that like if you've got a big world map um Mm -hmm. what i want to see when i open a big fantasy rpg is a big world map and plenty of towns within it that i can go and visit and you would always hope that the different towns will kind of express some kind of variation it suggests the kind of size and variety and diversity of that of that sort of landmass that you're traveling through um so examples of that within skyrim actually not i don't know why i've written skyrim here skyrim does do it but i was thinking of oblivion i was thinking of one of the other skyrims um <laughs> the, the previous one <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but Oblivion does it actually really strongly. When you go around um, the different sort of areas of the map, they're supposed to be, um, there's not really much sense of variation within the landscape. The landscape of Oblivion is really quite samey. Um, they actually imp- improve on that for Skyrim. Um, but the uh, but the towns do feel quite distinctive. They do have different architectural styles, um, which kind of come through quite strongly and create that sense of um, of diversity. Um, and at Zelda Breath of the Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. yep. yes, you lost confidence in yourself <laughs> for no reason. There. I you completely were fine. lost confidence. Um, I wanted to say Breath of the Wind. That's not right. But there is a Zelda with wind in the title, I believe. So. Um, I think that's where I was getting messed up. But yeah. anyway, in the in the most recent Zelda game, um, there is a yeah, it's a similar thing. It, like very very different kinds of people and different environments for the different cities in different sort of regions of the map. Um, and the other thing I thought of when I was thinking about you know, city as a site of culture was of course the idea that cities should in themselves embody um, lots of diversity, lots of opportunity for uh, novelty, for for new things just around the corner. And the game that I think does that really well to go back to one that we've already mentioned a couple of times is uh, Novigrad in uh, The Witcher 3. Mm. Um, It just makes you, it's, it's, it's so big novigrad for a start like i still don't know my way around it i think i mentioned that on the maps episode Mm. um it's uh it's it's really vast and a way that they communicate the sense of it as a it's like you come to novigrad having just sort of gotten out of this um very long period of playing the game where you've been in the swamps um Mm. of velen and it's just miserable and wet and like you know it's it it seems like it's probably kind of um 
you're either very, very bored or terrified in the swamps of Velen. Like it's it's just a very hard, very boring life. I think they mm. managed to communicate that really well. And then suddenly you get to Novigrad and it's like there's stuff going on. There's so much. And and one of the very early quests they bring you into, I think, is does it quite cleverly, which is where you're looking for your mate Dandelion and you kind of have to find out like you have to try and find him by going through his book of like these late all these women he's been dating and you you know that kind of story about like suddenly you're talking about dating uh you know that feels like a very kind of cities kind of story and Mm. and they quite cleverly make all the women positioned all over the city in different places all sorts of walks of life all sorts of jobs going on and it really does sort of it relocates you very quickly in in Novigrad, in a place that is at least interesting and and novel, and then I think you go to a gig at the end of it. Like it's 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 great. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great like city times uh, introduction. Nice, yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you with the the kind of um, yeah the cities like each one being like an expression of like a special like mm. a theme or like yeah. an aesthetic or an idea. Um, I I thought of. Uh, jrpgs um and like final fantasy 7 in particular the the original final fantasy 7 not the new one mm-hmm. um because it's always like you're always journeying across a bit of landscape to get to the next town right. that you've maybe heard about and that was always an exciting thing for me to like get to the town and see like what it was like and, and it has again it's got like those i think they particularly jrpgs maybe tend to be a bit freer in terms of like not worrying about having a particular coherency to like you know the world as a whole um, which can be fun so you know you've got like costa costa del sol which is like a sunny like mediterranean or, or like spanish resort town something like that you've got wutai which is like traditional japanese town with pagodas and stuff Nibelheim is like a like a mountain village, like a northern European mountain village. So yeah, you're always moving t- towards these places which have their own special aesthetic, their own right. theme, like their own music. To yeah, put it yeah, in. yeah. Um, so big fan of that. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk about Midgar. Um, again, I haven't played the new one, so I don't know how much that changes or whatever. But um, this is an interesting one because I think this is a cool example of a, a city or a town which is about like showing a, a social structure. So I should give some credit to Nick Rubin who wrote an article about this. Um, I talked about Midgar and this thing on episode of Utopian Horizons actually right. and like I'd read that article before that I saw. So uh, yeah, but anyway, so... Midgar is structured as like um, it's like a, 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 a circular city with a series of slums. There's um, above the slums there are plates that radiate out from Shimra HQ, who are uh, like a an energy company effectively, but they they kind of own the city basically. So I think what's cool about this is you can kind of look at the city and understand what the power dynamics are, what this what what the structure is. So yep. Shimra HQ is a big building right in the middle that goes up into the sky. It's it's it, so it's saying to you 
this is the center of this town mm. this is this is where everything the the plates radiate out from there everything radiates from here this is the center of the control here's our logo up here this is our city the 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 plates like above the slums that literally block out the sunlight from the slums below like block out any you know sense of hope oh no like, do they do that that's really out of order yeah it's out of order yeah. <laughs> it's um, bang out of order <laughs> So, yeah, so you so you can you can like just see that this how the what the social structure of this place mm. is um the the slums all used to be like their own villages with their own names but people have forgotten the names of the villages they're now called like sector one sector two sector three yeah. so this idea of like capitalism just uh the way it kind of subsumes like culture and just creates like a monoculture and like erases erases difference so all all that so so midgar is just a pure expression of like shimra as like like a capitalist enterprise and it's like a center of power and the city as it's designed tells you everything you need to know about what kind of place this is so yeah i think that's a very cool example that's a very cool example I guess while we're on the subject of like power being expressed in a city, mm. that also fits into something we've actually already talked about in the in a video we did. So that's uh, City Seventeen from Half Life Two, oh. which, which we've um, yeah, me and Rosie have done a video of that on the Patreon, so you can hear more on uh, us talking about that there. But yeah. Um, yeah, some of the stuff we talked about was, I mean, first of all, it's a really nice recreation of like. It's got like these Eastern European architectural inspirations. Mm. Like again, it's got like the structure of plazas that you get in like older cities. Um, it's obviously got that dystopian feel, but they have they use like um the, the sun's very low in the sky all the time to cast these long shadows. It's supposed to be like autumn, so it's got this kind of a, a romance to it, which sounds strange given how like brutal it is. But it's, it's got this kind of yeah this melancholy that comes from that. So it's just a really nicely designed place yeah but yeah one of the things we talked about was the way the architecture of uh the combine is such a kind of like tears into the city and like kind of rips it in pieces and juts out of it and it's a really great way of showing like uh colonization Mm. like invasion Mm. like yeah, in the fabric of the city, like ripping into it. Yeah, it's like a city that's almost like been brutalized. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's horrifying. Yeah, so I thought that was a, a yeah, a ve- yeah, again, a really, a really great way of, a really great example of a, a city that um, tells you a, a story by mm. looking at it, mm. and, but, and also um, that. Yeah, it has this theme of like invasion and colonization and it and it literalizes that in the places you're working walking through. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I actually had um, thoughts on that because I think that's another way in which, um, yeah, cities can have a spirit within them is is like that that spirit or that character of power. Um, one way that I was thinking about it is... Um, uh almost like the way that we would talk about a very large city um this i mean we t- 
mention London again, I guess, um, as like having a pull on the mm. area around it. That's a very familiar, again, if you live in the south of England, a very familiar kind of um, narrative because it's true. London exerts yeah, yeah, like yeah. this gravity um, that means that, you know, it's it, it people move there. The money comes from there, um, you know, and then it's sort of a great shaper in itself. It seems yeah, to it's have the its... Same, same with like Berlin and Germany and stuff. Exactly. Like people who, who draw onto this. Yeah, and so it's like the city has its own agency, um, mm. which which makes it yeah almost like a more like a person. Um, so yeah, so examples that I had, yeah, City Seventeen was one of them. Um, you know, definitely a place where power is is very strongly expressed um, in the form of this occupying force. But um, other examples, of course, are um, example I really like is uh, Vivek in Morrowind um which um I'm you, you haven't played Morrowind have you no, no. Elder Scrolls number three one of the best games of all time um it's uh it's absolutely fantastic but, but, but Morrowind is like this deeply uh theologically infused fantasy environment that's one of the things I love so much about it and so you have like living gods um who are who are part of like you know just sort of part of the landscape of 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 Vardenfell the the island which on which it's based and um and Vivek is one of them Vivek is a, is a person um he is like an ascended warrior poet god um he's he's very very cool but the idea of like okay so how do you deal with a living god you know because within the context of the game that's just going to be like a guy who has just like made of polygons and is the same height as the other characters <laughs> that you bump into and you know and you talk to in the same kind of ways that you would talk to a shopkeeper so mm. so the way that they seem to have done it is is have this huge city around him which shares his name um vivek is the city and it's also the name of the god that lives within the temple complex right at the kind of architectural apex of vivek itself and it's mm. it's a huge huge environment and it just puts this man on a very very different scale um it's it's a really really cool way of, of handling that that problem of of the of the godhead uh in that particular character um and obviously um the other example of that is uh, like rapture um with Andrew Ryan from Bioshock. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, again, just a very, um, a very uh, intelligently crafted sense of atmosphere, a very coherent vision mm. uh, in in every respect. Again, I, I like yeah, I like my cities to in games to to kind of express something, uh, and in this case, the. The kind of ideology of 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 uh, Andrew Ryan is is represented in the city. The city is a means of like representing that ideology. Um, yeah, it's like objectivist, isn't it? Like um, Ayn yeah. Rand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, awful, that, that awful person. terrible body <laughs> of thought. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, just even 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 outside of that, just yeah. just just as a even if you discount that, just like the you know the sound of the big daddy like mm, moaning in mm. this, this kind of abandoned place is so effective but the fact that it's got that and the way it kind of yeah ties the personalities um into the place like you know some of the, the characters you meet there yes like the kind of feel yeah they, they just feel like integrated within that that town they feel like a reflection of each other um it, it has a 
it has that it has a sense of being a place as well that kind of though you didn't see it that that picked up this real sense of dynamism emotion yes. and kind of moved moved at a pace where the kind of engine almost collapsed on itself as it was i mean yeah it's just a very very cool place yeah it, it really does have that sense of an of a of a shared ethic as you're saying like the people all seem kind of and i guess that's the idea isn't it that, that ideologically these people were all kind of cut from the same cloth because they all moved to rapture on purpose mm. because they were all going to be captains of industry down there or whatever um yeah. and um and yeah so it starts with this incredible ambition um which you can see has been somewhat fulfilled you know they built this beautiful city underwater and it is like really impressive but then it just went completely mad like the town went mad um and everyone was went mad within it uh it's a fantastic video game environment it's it's so successful i think in, in achieving what it wants to yeah and and i guess yeah the the fact that it the town is an expression purely of that ideology allows you to kind of explore it fully and kind of show the collapse and because if it yeah. takes place in, in another town like in a normal town then you have com conflicting like ideas and philosophies whereas the idea is like right let's create this place that is entirely of its own as an expression of this idea and let's see what happens when we take that idea and push it to like its uh conclusion which is like collapse and uh yeah yeah, yeah it just becomes completely just doggy dog yeah so that's cool um before we leave city 17 too far behind oh, yeah. uh, one of the suggestions we had uh was again from slash epoch who uh, picked up raven home as their, their kind of favorite oh, one of fantastic. their favorite towns yeah uh, they said it's 100% the highlight of Half-Life 2. It's both a masterwork of level design and environmental storytelling. It changes the whole flow of the game. All the weapons there are giant, powerful, cumbersome guns, which can take out zombies in a few shots. But the scraps of ammo you find won't help you against the hordes of undead and quick varieties of headcrabs. So you need to rely on the traps and environment left by Father Grigori. It's an unrelenting hostile, unrelentingly hostile environment where mostly you're trying to get away from danger, but in a much more satisfying way than the hovercraft chase from earlier because you have ample opportunities for sniping, looking ahead and setting up more traps to partially clear the next arena before you arrive in it. The level also tells a great story. You can tell what sort of place Ravenholm used to be, an economic, economically depressed mining town, and you get a sense that the Combine gave up on trying to occupy it because of the fierce resistance and just shelled it with head grabs and sealed it off to let nature take its course. It has more terror and character than City 17 and more firm sense of triumph built into its design and for all these reasons I nominate it for this episode. Lovely. So, yeah, nice. fantastic. It is so, so cool. I actually kind of forgotten a little bit about Ravenhome because it feels very much like an environment unto itself within the sort of flow of Half-Life 2. Yeah, it's like um, a vignette or something. Yes, like, like a vignette. Separate. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and and has has its own... Yeah, because Half-Life 2 really does have like quite a strong sort of bleak, sparse character that I think of as like, you know, these kind of um, cliffside roads. City 17 kind of falls within that as well. It's a similar mm. kind of feeling to it. But Ravenholm has such a strong, concentrated feeling of its own. Um, yeah. yeah, no, fantastic. A wonderful uh, nighttime terror jaunt through uh, through that little town. Mm. So some, some cities that I wanted to talk about that, it may seem unusual that I've grouped together mm -hmm. uh, other cities from the Deus Ex games and the Dishonored games. Right. Two series that I 
love a lot. Um, now, I obviously know you've played this on it. Have you played any DSX games? I've played, uh, yeah, I've played, a, I think, most of the new... Okay. What happened like with DSX? Yes, I think I've played most... Divided. I think I've played most of... Um, Whatever the one was before the most recent one that came out, was that Human Revolution? Um, yes. Yeah, I think I played most of that. Okay. And I was really like enjoying it? it. Yeah, I was really enjoying it. I thought it was quite interesting. I liked the um I liked the uh Victorian cyber um aesthetic of a lot of the clo- okay. of a lot of the clothing. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. Not they're not massively dissimilar to Dishonored games in terms of like you know the the structure of how they work and yeah, stuff. So yeah. yeah, I feel like yeah, I thought you might like them, even though I knew it's not not in your usual kind of aesthetic wheelhouse. But not so much. Yeah. But no, I thought it was quite. But, I thought it was actually quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like those games. Um, so anyway, uh, obviously very different. So their sex, um, being. Um, cyberpunk cities primarily throughout the games. There's like you you also get kind of. Uh, very bleak, dystopian, dilapidated areas of New York. Um, you get like Hong Kong's a, um, mm. very, a very kind of yeah, cyberpunky Hong Kong in the original Deus Ex. Um, Prague in the in in a mankind divided. If I'm getting the the titles right here, right. is really really great city. Um, really great in. So it's like pro- traditional Prague and it layers the future over the top of that. You know what I mean? It's not mm, like mm. it has the, the, as Prague is now, right? So it's a very old city and it has obviously more modern aspects and they've again layered the futuristic aspects on top of that. So it's a very beautiful place and um, has this sense of like a, a history and it feels like it, it's kind of grown. Yeah, it's in the future. It feels like a, how it's how the future would look, right? Because in reality you don't just like knock down cities and like build like it's a completely very new sci-fi one you lay them on top yeah it'd be incredibly rare to have a city that was just all built in one style um yes. i will say actually brighton is like that though it all built up within the first uh in the space of about 50 years so it just has one architectural style which no, is, no. Very, is very unusual yeah yeah so yeah there's there's that and then of course um, Dunwall from the first Dishonored, which is like a, a, Vict- a version of Victorian London. Mm-hmm. Karnaka is from Dishonored 2, and that's like a, a Mediterranean kind of sun-soaked place. Very, again, very beautiful, very strong aesthetic, but a, a kind of uh, has a sense of like a dilapidated grandeur. Like yes. A, a kind of great trade-rich city that's now yeah like a bit dirty and the the windows are broken and there's graffiti it's kind of sense of a place that's kind of fallen yeah to some sense. it feels so, a little yeah. bit like some of the wealth has been moved out of Karnaka which of course would make sense within the kind of colonialist um overarching vision of of what is going on in the world of Dishonored like it's been stripped a little bit and like it yeah. had it, ha- it had loads of money passing through it for a while and now maybe like a, a lot of the money's been we've been taken away yeah. So yeah, all all cities with very strong aesthetics mm. in their own ways. Um, th- um, something I should say I like about these places, which I think you mentioned earlier, these are all cities that, to a degree, more so in the Deus Ex games, have uh, like public and private places. 
So places where you're allowed to just walk through as a person and you're not going to get attacked. It's less so in Dishonored, but there's a bit of that. Mm. Um, I always really enjoy that because, again, this is this is then interesting to me where when you try to... You can see then where you're not allowed to go. Like, where am I then encountering resistance? Um, and also, obviously, in a modern, modern securitized city, which is what like their sex is, 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 and like kind of what we live in. This kind of idea of like public space being monitored, like disappearing, like where you're allowed to be and where you're not allowed to be, is uh, potentially very effective. I think. But the, the, I guess the thing I would say all these things, all these cities have in common, is that they are. Um, in terms of how they're designed as play spaces is right. that where there's kind of a trend for cities to be massive in games like to try and you know like to try and like recreate a city on like a one-to-one basis like mm. let's make a massive place and then that would be more realistic um these are quite small uh but they're more intricate both in terms of like the detail and how they and like the possibilities in them and i find that always really really appealing it's something i really like like the in yeah in, it just in in prague in deus ex like being to like hack into like being in a block of flats and being able to hack into hack the keypad on someone's flat and like find maybe a mission in there or find and like realizing that you could have got up there by like getting up on the balcony from somewhere else and like th- there's so much possibility and intricacy in the way you can move through these places um is really fun for me i think that's but that's really that makes me think of yeah like we were saying almost like trying to generate a sense of interiority it sounds like what you're talking about there is that being a possibility within play itself like the the city that doesn't just expand inward um outwards but you can Mm. go in and go in and go in and go deeper and deeper and deeper and that's um yeah it generates more of a sense of it stuff under the surface like it is a deep place um which is kind of what you want yeah i think that's a nice way of thinking about it and yeah that's what you do when you delve into it you find all these connections between the 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 places uh and like the characters and stuff so it's really really appealing and i think if you think about how we experience cities in real life Mm. so Okay, so you make, uh, in a game, you make like this huge, sprawling, massive city and, and like you can, you know, it takes ages to get to one place or other. In your day-to-day life, do you just like drive from one end of the city <laughs> to another? Like, do you go everywhere? You don't. You you have like a hub around where you live. You probably get the tube or something or a mm, train or mm. you drive to work. So you go through a space and you're at another hub and most of your time is is in a city is spent like that it's in like the these smaller locations you don't like necessarily even know all these places in the city and you're certainly not just driving around like from one place to another for the sake of it so for me they actually often much better replicate like what like the kind of feeling you'd want from a city um and i yeah I i think so i think there's kind of a uh a kind of misunderstanding of what feels like how you can experience how you can kind of recreate the feeling of a city if you see what I mean I think that's a really good point yeah because it makes me think of actually like um because I often say to people I know who live in London you know oh London's so big I don't know how you deal with it and that's a stupid thing to say because people always reply with the same thing people who live in London which is that you 
you don't try and deal with all of London every day. Like that's not how you yeah. live in London. You you kind of pe- people who live in London often describe it as feeling like you know it's like a, a bunch of towns together and you have your you know town or even you know it feels more like a village that you live in um and and you get to know it really well and stuff but you know you're not like yeah you're not trying to take on the city every day like that obviously you couldn't do that um but no that's a great point actually that games yeah that have much more local areas within the town and maybe getting getting it more yeah i think so Mm. um I, I, I wanted to get something that I just think is fun that I like in games is cities that are built uh, a built up or in some way are like made to feel special that have a reputation. Yeah. I really liked in uh, Fallout New Vegas the fact that I mean it's called New Vegas and from the moment you start people are talking about New Vegas and getting to New Vegas yes. and it takes such a long time you don't get there until like near the end of the game mm. uh i really hated in fallout 4 that like the main city you get to really early i was really disappointed because i liked the fact that throughout the whole of new vegas it was always new vegas new vegas new vegas and i'd gone on this massive journey like from town to town across all the deserts and then finally, like, I got to New Vegas. I don't know if it's even that it's particularly, like, interesting as a place or, like, appealing. But it it was like, yeah, I've made it here now. Like, this has, like, been a huge journey. And, like, finally, I've got to this place. Yeah, um, I mean even when you get to um new vegas itself like it takes then you then you're trying to get onto the strip because you're like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's that. like it's sort of that's even that's even getting posted up no i completely agree i think also there's bits in new vegas in fallout new vegas where you can see you can see the lights of the strip like from a real distance while you're still on that journey towards it um and that yeah it's just like this 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 beacon on the far horizon that takes ages to get to um i absolutely agree it really sort of builds it up it builds up the personality and character of it yeah i'm not the only one who thinks this because again i've got a few suggestions like on this kind of theme yeah so rumination said this one might be silly now but i remember celadon city in pokemon red slash blue really impressed me when i was a wee baby most of the cities and towns that you go into in that game are pretty small a few houses everything's just one story tall and everything celadon was so big though and actually had a bunch of unique things that other places in the game didn't like the department store and the game corner where you can gamble as a small child um it felt like going from a small town life and arriving in the big city and really just taking in all the sights and sounds it managed to have a surprisingly big feel given that it was after all a game boy game right so yeah, and actually, and Jay from Nowhere chimed in on that, uh, saying, I think Celadon City has a similar feel to Boulder's Gate in that when you arrive, you suddenly realise the towns you've been to before were towns, but now you're in a city. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you played Boulder's Gate, but I'm aware that it's a massive city. Uh, I've I've played Boulder's Gate too. It is, um, that's, that's certainly in a very big city. Um, I'm quite looking forward to the remake on Boulder's Gate two uh that's being mm. done by larry and isn't it and it's coming out relatively soon i'm quite excited for that yeah well according to what set you from um boulders gate was across boulders gate one and two i believe six zones and a total of three three cds it was that fucking big and full of shit there so, we go yeah it's a big old place yeah um but yeah so yeah i just wanted to i think that's always cool when like 
game managers to like build up a reputation or like a sense of oh now I'm like in somewhere special so that's cool yeah um uh, what we're talking about actually like really big game environments to take up loads of space um also I guess um uh the new cyberpunk we're quite excited for and that's all going to be in one city that just occurred to me um, oh yeah I believe I'm really looking forward to that game I'm looking uh, I yeah I really I'm really really excited is it it's September and I don't think we have a firm date yet in September um I can't remember but yeah yeah um, yeah cyberpunk is like yeah even though like I've yeah I, I won't bother going into it now but cyberpunk thing I'm quite critical of as a genre yes. in terms of quite the laziness of its aesthetic you have that, an article I, in the guardian abs- about it I do, yeah. Yes. But um, I'm still like, yeah, like I'm critical of it, but I also like love it. Of like, course, like of course, the, yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah, the, the idea of like, because The Witcher, was, they were really clever about the way, so like being a fantasy thing, but I loved so much the way they took folklore and folk stories and understood that yes. folk stories are an expression of people's real anxieties and problems and situations. And like, that's where the folklore comes from. And they tied it back into that stuff. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. I mean, obviously, cyberpunk's not going to have folk stories, but if they can, it just showed a really great understanding of what they should be doing. And I really hope they can do that with uh, cyberpunk. Yeah, tremendously excited. Yeah, I think that'll be that'll be a fun one for the podcast when that comes out because um, I would imagine me and Paul will both be playing that at yes, the same 100%. time for quite a while after it comes out. Very exciting times. Sure. Um, going the opposite direction from big places. Sure. Uh, yeah. I really like uh, Inaba or Iniba. I don't know how it's pronounced. From Persona Four. Mm-hmm. So you haven't played Persona Four, right? You played five. I've played five. Yeah. Four is very much a small town with like a little high street. Um, because of the way Persona games are structured, like in terms of you, you um, so you, for anyone who doesn't know, you kind of, by building relationships with people, you improve like the power of your um, personas, like in battle and stuff. Mm. And also you can, you can like improve your stats um, by, you know, like, doing job like working doing jobs and and stuff like this so because if you spend a lot of time like in the community like meeting people doing things with people working at places you really become connected to to the locations um which i think makes a big difference the tokyo in persona 5 though like it has elements of that but because it is meant to be representing a big place it does feel that and it feels quite impersonal yeah aniba has that really small community feel um it really captures the essence of a place like that or like at least the romanticized ideal of a place like that um i always think like it makes me feel nostalgic for living there but like i've never i didn't live in like a small japanese um, town <laughs> obviously it's, um, I, it's kind of yeah I, I don't know quite how to describe but like it has that feeling about it which is something which is just really comforting mm. and nice and it persona games tie up a lot of stuff of the sense of being a teenager right. like at that sort of age we talked about that a bit before with persona and i guess that plays into the sense of of nostalgia um but yeah, it's just a, a a nice town. I have uh, some affection for, I suppose. 
Lovely. I mean, it's it's nice to get onto our smaller towns, actually, because we have been talking about cities a lot. And I think one of the things with, with small towns um, that they can do really well is um, creating that sense of cohesion through a shared, like there's like a shared ethic underneath the town. The town has some kind of shared thought. One thing that it made me think of when I was thinking about small towns and, and how they are presented as characters in games was um, the idea of a shared mystery. Uh, like if everyone mm. in the town has a secret, then that creates like a sense of um, mindedness to to the town itself. Um, great way of doing that is with a dead body um, is is uh, is the way that that's very often done in fiction. Uh, TV, obviously, we can point to the example of um, Twin Peaks, of uh, <laughs> which is. <laughs> which is a TV series about which I have spent about 90 hours speaking on another podcast <laughs> at this stage. Um, but if you're interested, uh, you can, you can check in, uh, check out Diane, which is my other podcast. Um, there are games that have actually directly gone for the, the sort of Twin Peaks atmosphere in very straightforward ways by doing a small town with a secret, very directly inspired by that particular TV show. Um, I didn't write down the name of the town in Alan Wake, um, but um, that's one. I think it's mm -hmm. Deer something. Um, Greenvale in Deadly Premonition. I don't suppose you've played Deadly Premonition, have you? Uh, no, I, I bought it when it was like £2.50 in a Steam sale, so I yeah. do own it, but uh, I haven't um, played it. Well, it's... I actually played like the first hour of um, Deadly Premonition again um, this last week while I was preparing for this. And I think it holds up surprisingly well. Like I, I it's a very interesting game in its own right, not just as a piece of very, very devoted Twin Peaks fan fiction, which it certainly is. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really is quite interesting in, in its own sort of mood and, um, and as a town representation, it's fascinating. It's it's another one of those towns like you were talking about earlier with Shenmue, where people have their own schedule, like shops open at particular times, um, and you're sort of driving around waiting for things to happen and stuff. Um, it's it's yeah, Greenville is, is a very good video game town, I would say. And another example of this town that is united through secrets is um Silent Hill in um the Silent Hill series. Uh, I guess Silent Hill 2 being a very famous example, which is where you're going to town with the aim of un understanding something about a death. Um, and um, yeah, and so the small town can be a way of doing that. Um, mm. But the uh, really nice gamey version of this idea um, that I also wanted to mention quickly is not just because obviously you can do that thing. OK, there's a small town. There's been a murder. Um, you know what's going on and you have to try and uncover it. That That's kind of a cross fiction in general. Right. That's novels and films and TV shows. Uh, the really nice gamey one, I think, is when the dead body is the town itself. Um this comes up quite a lot in games where you where you come to an area that is, I said it earlier, it's post-apocalyptic, where the world has sort of destroyed itself somehow. Um, mm. A really good example, and it's not a particularly small town, unfortunately, but Yarnum in uh, Bloodborne, uh, the town itself is is a corpse. Um, mm. It's like when you show up, it's it's full of dead bodies. There's coffins everywhere. There's nothing but death and monsters. The town itself clearly at one stage was very grand and very wealthy. And now it's just 
completely dead what has happened and you have to uncover it by walking around by stitching it together by trying to sort of make sense um of of this body of the town as you find it and uh yeah so that's maybe one of the more potent towns in video games and and when you come to it it's already dead yeah as you say i guess there's quite a lot of that in video games Mm. raptures partly about that i mean yeah we come back to rapture again yes but it's it's exactly the same kind of thing like it's like your 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 role there almost is like performing a (laughs) post-mortem it's like well what happened here then yeah yeah for sure yeah i wanted to mention uh like um, city building games like sim city and city skylines which i was reminded of by uh Oh, I've got to try and say their name again. Uh, Erisophilus. Uh, I would pronounce it as Erisophilus. Yeah. Erisophilus. Sure. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm um, just guessing. Yeah. So, um, just just to say, like, what was interesting about SimCity, um, which I wasn't particularly aware of, but there was an episode of No Cartridge uh, where Trevor, who does that show, spoke to Do Not Eat, who's a YouTuber. And we're talking about like how SimCity embeds an ideology of how a city works into its mechanics. Right. So I, I can't remember all the intricacies, but stuff like what happens when you lower taxes, like the idea that lowering taxes is a, inherently a good thing. Right. So like, to make to make a sim to make a city work, you have to do these yeah. certain things. So SimCity is like a kind of yeah trojan horse for kind of a certain you know like neoliberal economics or something in terms of like the idea of if you do this the city will not function correctly mm. you need to lower your taxes you need to design a city in this way this is how a city works so um yeah i thought that's an interesting way that it's kind of become a vehicle for ideology um just to say as well do not eat whose channel is do not eat one has he um plays city skylines and he has like a whole series like showing you how cities work so he's for example uses the game he's got like an episode on gentrification and he like builds like a city and shows you like how gentrification works so he's kind of um deconstructing some of the ideology and stuff behind like urban planning and giving you historical examples of stuff through the game and i just thought that was worth mentioning because i think it's cool that sounds Uh, really cool that sounds like a fascinating way to get into and sort of yeah break down a break down a game yeah there's one final city i wanted to mention yeah just because I like it, I don't have anything like insightful to say about it. Fantastic, Rubicava from uh, Grim Fandango. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, you played yeah. I have so played Grim Fandango. Is yeah. a this is like this is where Manny from Grim Fandango, the main character, becomes. Yeah, there's like a, a bit of time passes, and he's become like a casino owner in Rubicava, which is just a stereotypical like noir hard-boiled place um like the whole game's got this aesthetic or uh, very cool the whole game's got really cool aesthetic of it's kind of mayan inspired mm. uh visual style and architecture uh like uh the, the first place in the game is kind of like art deco mixed with like mayan architecture which is a very strong aesthetic but here there's it's still got some of that but then it's like gone yeah in this noir direction and it's got like beat poets clicking their fingers in like smoky clubs and um 
I just like that style. I just like that place. Um, it's a very fun. It's a very fun uh, genre to like play in. Uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very kind of rare, um, interesting environment to be in. Uh, yeah. yeah, lovely game. So just to just to close off quickly, some some uh, additional suggestions that that we had um, that we haven't kind of made, managed to cover uh, in the, the kind of main flow. So um, Happy Code Monkey mentioned the Tarrytown side quest in Breath of the Wild. You'll know what this is, presumably. I don't know what this is. I've actually uh, completely forgotten. I know Tarrytown is a place that exists within Breath of the Wild, but nah, forgotten. Well, I, I well they say. Well, they say the Tarrytown side quest in Breath of the Wild, it's super satisfying to see it grow. I do. So I presume... No, I do know what they're talking about. I think that's... Oh, I might be about to get this wrong now. I feel like maybe... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, there's a town that you can help found. I didn't get very far with it, actually. I, I have actually just... You saying that has just reminded me that that was a quest and something that I was intending to get back and do. Um, and okay. I haven't. But yes, you, you do found a, t- a town and then they want you to go and you know get 50 logs or whatever to help it grow okay um they also mentioned and uh, this one's on you as well i've got no idea uh i'm not even sure if this counts but medulla in dark souls 2 oh. is really serene it's probably my favorite hub area that vaguely resembles a village wonderful uh, yeah as soon as you say medulla just this beautiful music just washes over you um as indeed does the sea at the shores of medulla it's a lovely lovely environment it's a it's a cliffside village it's it's incredibly calming it's like um yeah it's like uh it's like an enya song uh medulla <laughs> I absolutely love it i i very much agree with happy code monkey uh what, what a beautiful environment to be in lovely a lovely break from your labors Okay. Um, Joe Biden Hoodpass said Dark Cloud 2 is a game about rebuilding towns to create a sound of thunder effect to help you defeat an evil king from the future. Nice. It's really a dungeon crawler, but the goals are to craft specific buildings slash things that the townspeople need by finding materials in the dungeons. It's the most invested I've ever been in a game's town. Oh, so that sounds quite fun to me. Yeah, that sounds like a good uh, mechanic. Yeah, sounds like an interesting one. There's a game called um, Towns, actually, um, called Towns, um, mm. which was never really, I think it was like an early access game that you could get on Steam and it was like never fully finished. And that was about towns that were like, you had to build up and that were heavily linked to dungeons. And it was like really, really fun. And it's a shame it was never finished because I think I played like 50 hours of it in an unfinished state. Okay. Yeah. Um one other one that was mentioned by uh, Eli Bergmas uh, on our Patreon. Um I I I mentioned this as well because when I, I did something about towns like quite a long time ago and a lot of people mentioned this place, so I thought that was definitely worth putting in there. Um they say it doesn't have a name, though it's sometimes called town uh on on Gorkon or the Russian equivalent, but the town from Pathologic and Pathologic 2 is pretty well realised. I haven't played those games. I don't know if you have. But yeah, Eli's not the only person that's mentioned that that's kind of a particularly memorable or effective town. So yeah, shout out to to Pathologic there. All right, one to go and check out. Yeah. Lovely. So that's us for now. Um, I do hope you enjoyed those thoughts on towns um if you are enjoying get object uh maybe you'd like to give us a follow on twitter uh where are we on twitter paul get object pod on twitter emails the same get object pod at gmail.com 
always fun to get feedback and uh, extra suggestions and stuff to read out. I don't think we've had any new reviews on on our Apple podcast and so forth for a while. So it's just um, it's incredibly it's just very very sad that we haven't had any new reviews for a while, guys. Come on, if if anyone has any thoughts that are pre- preferably insanely positive ones, five star thoughts. <laughs> Any five-star thoughts that you would like to share about the podcast? You know, don't absolutely don't let anything hold you back. It would be lovely to get some new reviews. Yeah. And then I guess the only other thing to say is um, if you want to hear some more stuff, then, yeah, we're still having fun on the Patreon. Yeah. We're still doing our... Uh, yeah, at this point, we've got a Game Club series on Metal Gear Solid, one on uh, Avadam. Mm-hmm. We've got... I don't know three or four videos up and uh yeah there was plenty more coming on there so you can go to patreon.com slash get object to see what we've already done and if you want to sign up and support us and help us to do this then you can get access to all that stuff yes absolutely um so wonderful uh what are we doing next time paul we're doing drugs. We're going to do some drugs next time. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, so we'll be considering all sorts of uppers, downers. <laughs> Every, everything video games have got for us, we'll be, we'll be taking a lot of them. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I hope you'll join us, uh, join us for that. But for now, that's, that's us. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We will, we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.